This episode was recorded on the unceded lands of the Kaurna people of the Adelaide Plains. The History Trust of South Australia acknowledges elders past and present and the elders of the lands this podcast reaches. Hello and welcome to the History Festival podcast. I'm your host, Greg Mackey. The History Festival is an annual statewide event that explores the rich and deep history of South Australia. Held over 30 days in May, the History Festival explores the state's places and spaces, stories, collections and ideas that make us who we are today. One of South Australia's largest open access community events, the History Festival program features hundreds of events ranging from talks to tours, walks to workshops and exhibitions to special events. Events happen everywhere, in towns, cities and suburbs, in museums and libraries, in boats, trains and buses and mysterious buildings, on the street, by the beach and out in nature. Hear tales of the unusual and unknown, from amazing experts to local guides. With hundreds of events to choose from, there's something for curious minds and for all ages. Our theme in 2021 for the History Festival is change. From political change to social change, changing places, changing minds, changing hearts. Change for the better, change for the worse, on a big and a small scale and everything in between. The world around us is constantly undergoing change. Change is also a major thread that runs through the histories we share. We have also encouraged event organisers to plan events around this idea in any way they choose. So sit back and relax as we delve into some of the great stories and yarns that will make up the History Festival for 2021. Gardens of Promise celebrating the traditions of the migrant garden, presented by OEGA, the organisation of Helen and Helen Cypriot women of South Australia. The emergence of the Mediterranean garden in Australia evolved with the first and second generation of European migrants, many of whom were from rural and village backgrounds. Unlike their early British counterparts, they brought a range of skills, farming practices and traditions from their homelands that were much more in keeping with the Australian environment. A wonderful array of vegetables, fragrant herbs and fruit-bearing trees distinguished the backyard gardens of early migrant communities. Our team got their hands dirty in one such garden. As part of the History Festival for 2021, there are many fantastic things on, and if you're into gardening, you'll be interested in this. Gardens of Promise celebrates the tradition of the migrant garden, and taking you through what that will be is your host, Trevor Noddle. Trevor joins us now. Trevor, welcome along to the podcast. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit more about the Gardens of Promise and and what it means? Well, this particular segment is about um, Greek families who have contributed to gardening in, in since they arrived here by just by growing their own food and doing what they do traditionally, which is a great thing. But it harks back right to the beginning of South Australia when there were some first settlers pitching on Kangaroo Island for the governor to get here to declare the place open. And while they were on Kangaroo Island, they actually planted a vegetable garden and planted a mulberry tree, which is still there. And ever since that time, there's been wave after wave after wave of migrants from all sorts of places. We're all migrants here, and uh, they've all brought their own particular approaches to growing stuff, to growing the, the things they needed for their food, because you couldn't buy it in the markets often at the start. And um, so we're just really looking into that, but mostly focused this time on the Greek community and um the committee that are organising it have gone out and taken identified a handful of people 
elderly in the main, taken photographs and interviewed them. That sounds really good. Now, Trevor, we're um, we're about to go and explore one of those gardens. Before we do that, can you tell us when that uh, exhibition is on, if we want to go and get along, please? Yeah, sure. It's on Sunday the 16th of May in the community centre in Tint Street, and it will start at 2 o'clock. So it's just an afternoon mm. event, nothing heavy, um, but full of information and it would be great to see a good crowd along to help celebrate. Now, Trevor, would you like to join us? We went to one of those gardens earlier on in the day. It's the garden of a 92-year-old lady from Croydon. Would you like to join us? Oh, she's younger than I am. Amazing. Yes, I would. Thank you. (laughs) Gardens have often been a place of serenity, calmness, and sometimes planted for a need for survival and food. As part of the History Festival, we're going around to some of the more unique Mediterranean gardens around South Australia, and today we have a most fascinating garden, and we're really looking forward to telling you. Uh, We're joined by Helena and Joanna. Uh, Ladies, good morning. Morning. Could you tell us... Could you tell us how you're tied in with the gardens, please? This particular project is called Gardens of Promise, uh, Migrant Gardens in South Australia, and we're looking at um, the first generationers. Uh, We've interviewed people from the ages of about uh, 97, I'm proud to say, that was my mother-in-law, to um, people that were born in Greece who are now in their 70s but are following on the traditions of their parents and grandparents growing their own food, basically. And um, I think that tradition lost us for a while, but I think now that there is a resurgence, uh, particularly amongst younger people, to start growing their own uh, fruits and vegetables and their own produce. I really appreciate the garden you've found for us today, and I must say it is owned by a lady. When you hear this story, it is quite amazing. She is from Sparta, so that makes her a Spartan. Her name is Kyria Key. She is 92 and she tends to this garden completely by herself and it is quite amazing. Kyria Key, hello. Hello. How are you? Good, thank you very much. You look in remarkably good health for your age. Thank you. Like you look very nice too. <laughs> oh, stop it. No, keep She's going. Um, <laughs> can you tell me a little bit about your garden? It looks magnificent. Yes, uh, I like it very much, the garden. And uh, now I put it every year, uh, different uh, summer. And uh, now I have uh, some uh, spinach. Uh, I have a plenty of tomatoes. I have uh, some uh, mixed uh, radicchia. Radicchia. It's a green. Yeah, ah, okay. pita. Some pita, some sweet. Uh, sometimes I put the potatoes too. I okay. have potatoes, nice potatoes. Uh, I have uh, egg uh, fruit. I have a zucchini. If we have a look um, in between the vegetables, she's got the little flowers mm. to this some colour. This church. Can you tell me, um, yeah. why is a garden so special to you? Now uh, I start to cry. Oh. You're making me very happy. You don't know how very much people are come. And, uh, and everyone, I have a plenty read for church. My pride, I do it much pride for everybody, for our world, for Australia, for my country, for every people, every people. Can you tell us how many hours at 92 you put into your garden? Coming here, you know, I work uh, every morning. It did not matter how hot or cold or rain, 
If you have to do it, I do it. Except the Sunday, very nice. Now, I notice your garden has a raft of beautiful fruits and vegetables, chilies, tomatoes, spring onions, spinach. I think it would put most people's gardens to shame. Mm. Is there a special thing you have in the garden that has a meaning to you? Uh, you, you know, Jesus, uh, what do you call him? Uh, crown of thorns. Blinds, blinds. Jesus. Uh, uh, the crown of thorns uh, that was uh, worn by uh, Jesus. Good and... Friday. Good mm. Friday. Uh, and I like it very much. So you have the plant that Jesus had around his head as the crown of thorns in your garden. Yes, yes, for that I have a vision and I look after, you know. I, want, I have a 35 years, this mm. one too. And I have another uh, pot, I put another pot. I'll tell you something too, if you cut, cut milk. That's fascinating. I can see when you talk about your garden, uh, you feel really good about it, which I think yeah, is fantastic. Think make a happy... Make a cry for people to seek, you know. I think everyone knows having a garden is good for you. You eat the food, it's very clean for you. Uh, you are very sprightly for 92, and I think people will be very surprised about the interesting fact I heard before. When was the last time you went to the doctor? And I know this time, because I'm 16 years I also hear you have a special plant out the back in another garden that you make beads from. Is that right? Mm. Uh, this is very special, this one too. This, this is very, very special too. I like it very much. And I do some brachyolia. Brachyolia. And I give for people I sell. And I have plenty of money. Can we have a look yeah, at this plant? All right. Well, let's, uh, let's move through and have a look. That one over there? Uh, ah. This one. Okay. So this is the plant that makes the beads. Yes, you can see the little seeds. Oh, yes. There. Yeah, the, uh, this one. Can uh, plenty people want it? Uh, Anthony, if you have a look there, yeah, but, you see uh, the little uh, bead? Yeah. And she dries oh, yeah, it. Okay. And there's the little beads there. Right. And there's a little hole in there. Yeah, okay. And Kiriaki uh, makes these beautiful bracelets. I've ordered oh, one. Oh, you've got one there, right. Oh, wow, look at that. <laughs> and that's what she's put together. And, and we can see there's a little silver cross there. Um, the um, the little beads are interspersed with uh, black ones. Right. And the, they're actually from the uh, plant. Oh, lily of the Valley. It's a lily of the valley. So, Joanna, thank you very much for this garden thank and you. introducing us. I can't believe she is 92. Delighted. She's, she's extraordinary, amazing. really extraordinary. If we want to come and find out when the event is on as part of the History Festival, when is that? Right, uh, it will be on the 16th of May, which is a Sunday, at 2pm. Uh, there will be publicity, of course, on the um, uh, History Festival's uh, website. So you'll find all of the information there. Or you can contact uh, us at o OEGA. And just to let people know that it will be at the North Adelaide uh, Community Centre Heritage Hall in um, uh, 10th Street, North Adelaide, and there's plenty of parking around there. So we'll keep everybody informed, I can assure you. We're very proud of this one, and thank you very much, Anthony, for having us. Our pleasure. Thank mm. you, ladies. Well, that was a wonderful story. Please join us for a delightful exhibition and guest speaker, Trevor Nottle, to celebrate our garden history. Stay for some garden nibbles and refreshments. It's on Sunday, the 16th of May, North Adelaide Community Centre. For more details, simply go to 
historyfestival.sa.gov.au. This story, proudly brought to you by the History Festival regional partner, SA Power Networks, empowering South Australia since 1946. Hollow Willina Station History Festival Tour. Visit the Flinders Ranges for a tour of Hollow Willina Station, owned by the Warwick family since 1852. Join us for Morning Smoko to hear from fifth-generation pastoralist Francis Fran about the life of an outback sheep station in 2021 and years gone by. Guests staying on site during the school week will be invited to visit the School of the Air schoolroom and see firsthand how remote education has changed. Our team caught up with Francis to find out more. Living on the land is often a dream for many people, but many people don't want to put in the work or less, they don't understand the work that is required to live on the land. We're about to find out exactly what that is like as part of the History Festival. The Hullawalina Station History Tour is giving you a window into the sights and sounds of what it really is like to live on a station. We're joined by fifth generation pastoralist Francis Fran, who joins us from Hullawalina Station now. Francis, hello. G'day, Anthony. Are you well? Yes, very well. It's a beautiful sunny morning in the Flinders Ranges, so all is good in the world. Now, can you tell me, obviously you're a fifth generation pastoralist, can you take me back to the earliest memory that you and the family have of that station? Uh, One of my earliest childhood memories is going out with my dad working on the station and uh, we used to drive around in uh, little short wheelbase vehicles to check the sheep and and, uh, sitting on his knee driving the car uh, was always a real highlight, getting out and about. And, of course, I thought that was just normal, what kids did. And, uh, you know, when you get to eight or ten years old as a farm kid, it then becomes normal that that you go out and check the sheep or or you're the one driving. Uh, That's always great fun and a a really exciting chance to learn from the person you're with, the places that they remember and uh, the little stories that connect them to the country. So would have you been eight driving around checking the sheep? Oh, yeah, for sure, yes. Uh, uh, Farm kids tend to uh, join in with just about everything. And uh, we were out mustering on motorbikes from when we were quite small. Uh, I didn't grow up with horses here, uh, so uh, my family uh, had all two-wheel motorbikes and uh, it was always either on the motorbike or in the car, uh, all hands on deck and uh, everyone with a job to play. We hear a lot about how hard life is on a farm and I must admit, I haven't heard of too many people where there is a fifth generation. How has the family and the station survived through the trials and tribulations? That must have been incredibly hard? Oh, yeah, for sure. So um, my family arrived here at Hollow Alina in 1852 and uh, that first family to come here had 12 children. Now, if Hollow Alina back in 1852 looked like Hollow Alina today, uh, coming off the back of four years of, of the biggest drought that uh, South Australia remembers, then uh, they would have turned around and gone home again. They wouldn't have stayed here. What's really cool about our history, um, which starts well before Burke and Wills set off um, to cross the continent, is that those 12 children who settled in the first family, everything they needed to grow out their lives to, to be adults 
is still here at the station. And my generation is now custodians of that. And through thick and thin, uh, that's what we choose to do, is to stay here and look after all of the accumulated history. It's amazing, isn't it? Because there must have been so many points where it just got to the pointy end, where everyone's gone, well, I think we have to leave. But someone with grit, determination slash stubbornness just said, no, we're not doing that. Uh, yes, spot on. And... and um, uh, it happened in the first generation when, uh, of those 12 children, uh, they were faced with a situation where there was nobody married and uh, no next generation on the horizon. And my great-grandfather waited until he was over 50 years old before he got married and, and had children. And uh, you know, there was only one boy out of eight settler children who actually had children of his own. So it, it could have all disappeared just then. And uh, in more recent times, you know, the four years of drought that, that we've just uh, been through, it, it could have been quite simple to throw our hands in the air and say, that's enough, this is too hard. Uh, but my husband and I have uh, uh, forged ahead and uh, been quite determined to keep the property in the family. I think it's commendable that you have such a steely determination, Francis. It's, uh, it's amazing. Well done. Oh, well, you know, um, Anthony, um, it, it has been a rather tough last few years, but uh, there's so many positives about living in the outback and especially living on a family property. Um, it's the first time uh, that the property has been without sheep since 1852. We had to um, get rid of all of our sheep, but we were so lucky that we had so much here that we could hold on to. And uh, now we're bringing sheep back and uh, welcoming people into our home to, to share the treasures uh, that have been held from the past. And I know we're touching on some of the harder aspects of living on a farm and being fifth generation, but you can tell me, what, what, what's one really special thing that you love about living on the land, Francis? Oh, that's going to be hard to limit it to one thing. Uh, there are so many joys and pleasures of living on the land. Uh, uh, what I love is the history um, and that chance to bring history back to life. So when we bring guests here and share the stories that we learned from uh, the generations before us, uh, we're passing on stories that other people haven't had the chance to be part of. And uh, especially when that's uh, children from the city or families who don't have an immediate connection to the outback with a, an uncle on a sheep station, as was common years ago but isn't so much now, if they come to Holowalina and we can share a little bit of our wonderful life, then uh, that's a, a great thing for everyone, uh, whether it's the wide open spaces that appeal to people or walking in the gum creeks or looking for, for rocks or uh, or exploring the, the, station, uh, the station's historic buildings. So there's so much uh, to do and to treasure. You have very generously offered to open Halloween Station for the History Festival, uh, a festival tour every Saturday in May. Can you give us a little bit of a window into uh, what is part of that tour, Francis? Uh, History Festival tours are going to be super special this year. Uh, the, the theme for this year's festival is change. And what we're going to do is uh, welcome guests into uh, the homestead or, or to share smoker at the homestead. And uh, then we're going to talk about how the property has changed over the last 170-odd years. 
So uh, we do like to start with a, a little bit of country hospitality and have scones and a hot cup of tea. And then uh, we have a bit of a talk about the local and station history and the family history, which is quite unique and has some, some really cool stories. And then uh, we take a short walk around through the historic station buildings. So there is uh, the old station store, which houses um, so many of the goods that were needed right from the 1850s um, to manage day-to-day -day station life. Um, the little pine and pug shack that we restored, um, which some people might have actually seen on um, ABC TV's Restoration Australia program, uh, the cellar in the bank of the creek, and a really super special thing we're going to be doing for the History Festival tour is have the Blacksmiths Forge up and running uh, every Saturday. So. My husband, he, uh, he's an apprentice blacksmith. He's very much self-taught, uh, but bringing back to life the skills of my great-great-grandfather and his sons um, that uh, helped to establish the station. Oh, that sounds really good. Do we need to book, Francis, or what's the best way to, uh, to find out more? Yes, we do need bookings because we're quite remote, so it, uh, it's um, important for us to organise everything ahead and make sure we have enough scones for everybody. So uh, people can um, contact us by phone or by email and uh, we can take your booking directly. Great. And if you'd like some more information on that, you can also go to the History Festival website, historyfestival.sa.gov.au. Francis Fran, thank you so much. We really appreciate hearing that story and look forward to you being part of the History Festival. Thanks so much, Anthony. The Hollow Williner Station History Festival Tour, every Saturday in May, Hollow Williner Station near Craddock in the Flinders Ranges. For more details, simply go to historyfestival.sa.gov.au.